about a year or two ago. I want you to see how organized they are. This is the number of children that died under the age of five all over the world. You can read it yourself. During the next 10 years, the number was falling. But then the United Nations set a, set a target to decrease the child death by 2015 by one third. So that's the new target. Do you see it? Can you see it? For that to happen, that's what should happen. Do you see it? The decrease of death has been slower. That's what's going to happen if the current trend continues. How did they know that? Statistics. This is just a glimpse of, what, I mean, there's actually one on Nigeria there that you need to see. Compare Nigeria to Ghana. Compare Nigeria to India. Compare Nigeria to the countries that were at the same level when we got independence. You'll see how bad things are in this country. This morning I was, I went to see somebody who's very close to me. And she actually said to me, Pastor, is there any hope? She said, is there any hope? Should we stop praying? <laughs> So I said, you know, it doesn't take much to change this nation. Do you know that? An extraordinary visionary leader. Just one. Just one. Is it because Nigerians are easy to lead? Just one good leader with a vision and the skills necessary to succeed. We're moving into networking and the reason why it's so important is that I don't want to preempt Dr. Adegbola this Sunday, but he asked me a question over the weekend. He said to me, and maybe I hope I understood what he said. He said, why did you call it the bridge network? Don't you realize that there, there is a sort of tautology in that statement? He said to me, I said, well, he should explain. I explained to him the vision of the bridge network. I explained to him how we got the name and how we're in network and so on and so forth. He said, well, let me tell you something. He said, a bridge is made of networks. Do you agree? Huh? Have you seen a bridge before? All the components are little, little components that are networked together to create the bridge. But he said a network is made of bridges. And so we're, we're actually the bridge bridge or the network network. But you see, the interesting thing about it for me is the fact that I said to him, that means it's a living organism. He said, yes, you got it. Because the, the, the bridge creates the network, but the network also creates the bridge. And then the bridge creates the network, and the network creates the bridge. So we're just growing. We're going to be a living being, and you'll see how it fits into what, and that's what has preempted what I want to share with you, this, this, this. I learned this from Miles Monroe, and I want, and I think it will help us, especially at a time like this. I hope it will provoke you. I hope it will inspire you into the principles of organization. But more importantly, I hope it will show you how much you need to be organized. 
You know, one of the most interesting things about us is that we actually think that Africa is not organized. We actually think that our forefathers were not. They were. I have a, a whole clip of, uh, of, um, of um, uh, a study that was done on Yoruba towns and some other northern villages, and there was fantastic organization. You actually see the King's Palace in the middle, you know what I mean? And you see everything radiate from the center and go all the way down, and then the farms and the, you know? We were very organized people. As a matter of fact, I think we are more disorganized now in the 21st century than we've ever been in our whole life as a people. So this idea of organization is not technology. Am I making sense? It's not. It has nothing to do with technology. Technology helps organization. But technology doesn't organize you. How many of you have phones, mobile phones that have um, alarm clocks on them and reminders and still go late for programs? How many of you have that? I mean, six o'clock, you just switch it off. Am I right? Technology doesn't organize you. It helps organization, but it can't organize you. Am I making sense? Are you here? All right? Uh, many years ago, Victor Adeyemi asked me about the Catholic Church. He said, uh, do you, he, said, he said, do you think there's any anointing in the Catholic Church? And of course, the answer, very cautiously, was no. He said, how come they're the most powerful church in the world? Pentecostals claim that it's the, it's the, it is the anointing that is important. Am I right? Fall under the power. Let them touch you. You fall down. You somersault. You know, you carry your crutches. You say, I'm healed. Well, you're not that powerful. Nobody, as big as the redeemed Christian church of God is, as big as winners is, as big as some of the churches in Nigeria are, nobody reckons with them. Come on now. Am I lying? As big as we are, nobody, if the redeemed should get up tomorrow and say, we're not going to vote, they'll just look at you and say, my friend, you're not. <laughs> what are you talking about? But the reason why the Catholic Church is that it's one of the most organized structures in the world. It is heavily organized. You believe that the Catholics actually raise up priests who are meant to be bankers and institutions. You know what I'm supposed to go into the world. We have medical doctors. Most of the hospitals in America are, were set up by the Catholic Church. Did you know that? Schools, universities. Most of people don't even know that Harvard and some of the uh, most elitist universities in America were set up by Pentecostals, or Protestants rather, not, not Pentecostals. They understood that what sustains any vision or what sustains any organization is structure. It's organization. And that's why some companies are 100 years old and yours is six months old and it has packed up already. Are you here? Should I continue? I'm going to link up with what we started this month, last month. See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. To redeem the time is to make the most. It's to make the most of your time. It's to make the most of every opportunity. Why? Because the days are evil. And what days could be more evil than now? You know, one of the things I find very amusing amongst us is that one of the greatest problems I have with a lot of my generation and people who are younger than me 
is that we have made this fundamental mistake. We want to learn from experience instead of learning from other people's experiences. It is expensive to learn from your own experience. How many of you know that if you put a hot iron on your body, it will burn you? Am I right? So, to find out whether a hot iron will burn you or not, would you take a hot iron and put it on your body? If you know to hold on to life, electricity, it will shock you. Would you go and hold on to it to find out? Would you do that? Of course not. But why do we do it with our life and our finances and our ministries? Somebody has gone before you, he's written a book, he, he knows the principle, he's throwing a seminar, but you sit at home and say, mine is different. Do you notice we do that? Life is too short for experiments. Life is just too short for us to go and start learning what other people have already learned. Every time you see the word therefore in the Bible, always find out what it is there for. Time is to be used wisely or effectively, not to be squandered. But to do that, we need to understand the will of God. You know, you know there's some statement. I remember I was listening to one guy. He said, he said the word marvelous sorry, remarkable, has become an ordinary book. So if I, look at, if I look at what this gentleman is doing, and I said, that's remarkable. Because we've used it so commonly, it has almost lost its meaning. But the word remarkable means something is worthy of remarks. Am I making sense? The word remarks means that something is worthy of remark. In other words, when somebody walks past you, you stop and say, wow! Or you say, that's a wonderful car, or that's a wonderful woman, or that's a wonderful guy, or that's a wonderful... In other words, what the person did was worthy of your remarks. Am I making sense? But because we've used the word remarkable so commonly, that we don't even understand that it has a meaning anymore. And so if I make a remark about you, it means somebody will hear about you, and therefore I the gospel. Are you here? And so, when we go back to simple words like Jesus, when Jesus says, let me say to my servant, well done. It almost seems as if it has no meaning. But what Jesus was saying is, do it well. Because well done is something that is done well. Well done is something that is done well. You know, we, what kind of generation do we live in that don't have standards? Do you know that the word excellence is the mountaintop? The word mediocre is in the middle of the mountain. In other words, there's something about doing things well that pleases God. Am I making sense? Well done is not just a statement of satisfaction. It's not, it's not I made it to heaven. You get my point. Well done means you did what you were called to do. What? Well. Management and organization helps you to do things. Alright? We need to learn to, let me skip all this. We need to learn to last or live or do whatever we do beyond our generation. We need to aim for donation, not duration. And this is the one I want to leave with you. Those of you who are young and those of us who are just still young in our marriages. Is that life is made up of moments. 
Let me ask you, how many of you here remember what your father gave you on your 21st birthday? Who can put up his hand? Who can remember what his father gave him on his 21st? Some of you know that your father didn't give you anything, so that's okay. That's quite okay. <laughs> what about on your 20th birthday? Do you remember what your father gave you? 19. Oh, you are just 17, you should remember. <laughs> she killed her father, yo. Who can remember what their parents gave them? Okay, you can, Tabi. Most of you can, Tabi. Some of you had horrible fathers. Terrible, that's terrible. But let me ask you a question. Can you remember doing something special with your father? Maybe going fishing, going out, traveling, or dressing him up, or going somewhere. Life is made up of moments. When you look back at your life, you're not going to remember everything that happened to you. You're going to remember moments in your life. Am I making sense? Am I making sense? Life is made up of moments. Our problem is we don't know in our marriages and in our relationships how to create moments. My wife is going to be whatever age, this 45, in the next tomorrow, next tomorrow, Friday. I wish I could buy her a brand new car. I wish I could buy her a house. I can't. I, do, I can't afford it now. I will. Am I making sense? It's part of my plan. But what I'm supposed to do for if I can't do anything for her, I can make that day momentous. And you know what she said to me? I said, what do you want? She said, I want a portrait of the family. So we're going to go to a studio that day, or because I'm heavily really connected, we're going to bring the studio to us. <laughs> you get my point? And take a photograph. And every time she looks at that photograph, she will remember what? The moment. Am I making sense? You must know that life is made of moments, not memories. Do not remember everything that has happened to you. I don't even remember the someone I preached two weeks ago. But I can remember things that happened two weeks ago, am I making sense? Which are moments in my life. Are you getting the point I'm making? Life is made of moments. And the problem with most of us is that we still don't know how to create moments with our friends, with our family, with our loved ones, and with our kids. If you go to my kids now, they can tell you moments they had with their parents that were unique to them. One of the best ones they like is when we have nobody else in the house but us. When we travel together and there's no third party, nobody driving, nobody cooking, just them. Am I making sense? But let me say this. I learned this principle for somebody many years ago. He said, never handle a piece of paper twice. If you get a memo from somebody, you get an instruction or something, handle it, deal with it in such a way that you never have to go back to that piece of paper. Am I making sense? But I want to skip all that, alright? Okay? Let me say this. Ignorance of effective organization and management, even in church, even with a, in a church that has a vision, leads to waste of valuable resource. This is what God gave me, I said 11, in, in, in January 11, 1992. This is a long time. Abi, how many years is that? About 17 years? 17 years ago, I have called you to teach my people precept upon precept. 
with, about the coming move. Call them to teach those who are in excess, who have zeal without knowledge. For God is not in every shout or in every hush. He ascends with a shout and in silence shall your strength be. And one of the key things for me in this particular thing was that at that time there was so much hula baloo about moves of God. Am I making sense? And yeah, it was very young man and all of a sudden I was like thrust into this thing and God says, wait, you're going to bring excess back. You're going to bring people back into a balance. And this has been with me for almost 17 years. Organizing an organization, it's not spiritual. It's not carnal either. Am I making sense? It's a principle. Am I making sense? Organization is not, you see, it takes upon this personality or the spirit of whoever is running it. Am I making sense? Organization is, is neutral or neuter, they call it. They take up the personality of the you see? <coughs> Thank you. The anointing is not enough. I don't know how to explain that. <laughs> Moses had to organize the children of Israel in the desert but he didn't use the anointing. He kept them in camps. He told them to move. He even said which family or which tribe moved first. He even determined the direction they moved by the direction in which the tabernacle there was. Do you know that he had to organize for them to go to the toilet? Do you know that he had to organize for them to have water? Do you know they had to organize for them to, 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 to eat? Am I making sense? That's not anointing. Ladies and gentlemen, a call does not bring with it organization. You know, I've, I've said this to you before. How many of you think that there are Nigerian preachers who are more anointed or just as anointed as Benny? Who believes that there are, are anointed preachers in this country who are just as anointed, if not more anointed than Benny? You believe that? How come he's making so much impact and none of the Nigerians are? Simple organization. You know, when they made this particular software called Illumina, they went to Benny Hinn to be one of their distributors. Why? He was organized enough to get that Illumina to me in Nigeria. Because he has, an, he has warehouses. Most of you don't know that TD Jakes owns real estate. Most the sermons you watch on Sunday on TD Jakes, don't let it fool you. He has men's business seminars. He has entrepreneurial classes. He has classes to equip those who are unemployed. Look, you know, what they show you on television is almost like 10% of their ministries. Their organizational ability, their structure, the way they are. Most of us think we see, you know. You know, I always say it on television, I always say, the people who see it on television, how many of you know that some of the sermons they preach on television are, are really terrible? They're not, uh, you don't even get excited about them. So you wonder, how did that man get there? It wasn't his ability to preach, it was his organization. His ability to manage resources, his ability to channel resources, his ability to network, his ability to get to people, that's what brought him to where he is. And that's why I keep telling people that Michael Jackson is not the best singer in the world, is he? A guy singer. He's not. Michael Jackson is not the best singer in the world. But you need to see that Michael Jackson's success is a combination of many factors. One, his personality, his ability to sing, his choice of music, his ability to dance. Do you get the point I'm making? It's a combination of factors. Success is not usually limited to one thing. 
and we like to think that success is I'm anointed or God said and this is the problem with church we have two problems we either get no organization or we get too much organization in other words Holy Spirit you have five minutes you are starting at eight you are finishing at eight fifteen the other one is that we tell Holy Ghost come and move me while we follow our own agenda that's the problem with the church but my problem is that he said be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind not by the removing of your mind the Holy Spirit is important but your brain and your intellect are just as important am I making sense you know Samuel is called to anoint David God has rejected Saul. And God says to Samuel, go and anoint David. And Saul stops and calls the Almighty God and says, Hoga, if I go and anoint David in place of Saul, Saul, go kill me. You all read that? So why didn't he say, ah, uh-uh, let me God send me? Now God send me. Now that's how most of us behave. I mean, can you shut that down? We'll say things like, uh, ah, if God called me, nobody can stop me. Ah, if God, thank you. If God do this, you can open it. If God... <laughs> you know, that's how we are. I'm going to go and rebuke that pastor. God sent me. They will shoot you. They will kill you. So, so Saul said, oh boy, <laughs> if I go and this man, they will kill him. Then God, even God concord with Samuel. I said, it's true. They will kill you. He didn't say, I'm going to defend you. I'm your God. No. He said, when you get there, tell them you came to offer sacrifice. Come on, talk to me. We just get up and we just walk away and say, that's it, God called me, therefore I can do it. No structure, no organization, no understanding of what we're going into. No plans. You know, I tell you, I think it was Sunday, I said it, it's better you have a stupid plan than no plan at all. The Holy Spirit and our brains and our intellect must not be wasted. We've got to understand how God thinks. Look at God himself said in 1 Corinthians chapter 14 verse 40. He says, let all things be done what? Decently and in what? Is that scriptural? Eh? Is that scriptural, ladies and gentlemen? That we're supposed to do things decently and what? order. What does decently mean? What does order mean? Huh? We sometimes assume in the things of God we have to abandon organization and organizing. You know, even the Bible says if you ring an uncommon, if you, if you sound an uncommon tune and nobody recognizes it, will obey so in other words everybody in the village knows that this horn means danger this horn means gather together this horn means run this horn means market day this horn means that what's that organize all right so we can go on but if you think about it look at the job description of the holy ghost Look at the job description of the one 
who helps somebody to do something. your steps. You see, there's a difference between tradition and organization. Most of you know this story, but I'll repeat it again. A man in Ghana, when he started his church, the church started in a very bushy village, and every time the man went to pray, there were snakes in the place and mosquitoes. And so what he does is that when he's praying in the old church, which was outside, he would put his hand near his ears and be doing something like this, and his legs will be going like this. He doesn't want any mosquito to trouble his ear, and he doesn't want any snake to gather and bite him in the feet. But he prayed and prayed that way for many years until the church grew, and he got used to praying like that. And then of course he gave birth to many branches, but in every branch where you go, everybody, the prayer warriors there, they are always praying like this. That's how they pray. So they said to him, the finally went to the prayer warrior, why do you pray? Ah, that's how a general was powerful. Before it occurred to somebody to go and ask the general was here, why do you pray like that? The man said, I'm so used to it because of snakes and because of mosquitoes. Meanwhile, these ones were doing this in an air-conditioned room. That's tradition. You heard the story about the woman who every time she wants to eat fish, she will cut off the head of the fish and throw it away. And that's how she taught her daughter to make fish. And then her granddaughter also makes fish. So this particular granddaughter, the husband likes the head of fish. And so he was angry that the wife keeps throwing away the head of fish. So he said, today I must find out why my family, my wife always threw away the head of fish. So they went to the mother and that one said, well, my mother taught me that that's how you make fish. So they went to meet the grandmother. When they got there, they said to her, Grandma, why do you make fish? I said, well, number one, I don't like the head of fish. Number two, my frying pans were too small, so I would always cut off the head of fish and throw it away. That's tradition. Different from organizing. And the key element between tradition and organizing is people. If it doesn't help the people, it's tradition. Get the point I'm making. If it doesn't improve what you're doing, all right? Let's look at a few scriptures. What's the purpose of organizing? Eliminate confusion, display quality in all we do. In other words, distinctly and in order. All right? Look at this. This is a popular scripture. We all know it. Genesis chapter 1. Are we there? watching it. In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void. Darkness was all over the face of the earth. The Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. Then God said, let there be light. And there was light. And God saw that the light, so God saw the light that it was good. And God divided the light from darkness. God called the light day and he called darkness night. And so the evening and the morning were the first day. And I keep telling you guys, please, notice what the Bible calls a day. It is an evening we call a day a morning and an evening. And that's why we don't rest. For you to rest, you need an evening and a morning. I'll give that one to you free of charge. Until you do it, you won't understand what I'm saying. A rest, a day to the Bible, it's an evening 
and a morning. So if you want to rest for one day, it must include what? An evening and a morning. But if you get up in the morning and say, I'm going to rest today, and you start resting at 8 o'clock, and by 7 o'clock in the evening, you're out partying again, you've not rested. Your body needs an evening and what? And a morning. You don't have to follow, but one day you will discover it. That's your business, really. I can't help you more than that. It took me years to figure that out. I used to rest one day. I'll stay at home all day. And then I'll go out and even to my office to go and try. And, and I'll find out by Tuesday I'm horrible. And I realized it was an evening and a morning. So I said, no, I'm not going anywhere. Once I get up Sunday night at 8 o'clock in the evening, or 9 or 10, I'm not going out again until Tuesday. So I can have my sanity. But look at this. Verse 1 or verse 2. It, the earth was without form. In other words, it had no format. Or it was out of formal order. In other words, it was in disorder. Do you see that? Look at the second verse. It was void. Void is an old, empty, I mean English word called confused. Empty. Devoid of purpose. Devoid of meaning. Out of order. Three. Darkness means no illumination or ignorance. It can also be the absence of knowledge or the lack of understanding or confusion and misunderstanding. This was what the earth was like. And the Spirit of God, the Bible says, was hovering all over it. Let's look at a few key words. And this is so important for us to understand. Disorder doesn't mean distortion. Or absence of some. As a matter of fact, disorder is a very funny word. It means everything was present there, but in the wrong place. Most of you who come into this place know where the tables are. So even if Nepal takes light right now, for whatever reason, most of you can find your way out of here, right? Am I right? Okay. But what if Nepal takes light and I tell you to sit down? Before you finish sitting down, I arrange stones on the way. And I put, sorry, I rearranged the tables, the same tables. I moved that cabinet and I put it here. And I put this one here. And I tell you, okay, find your way out. Most of you will stumble on yourselves. Why? Everything is the same. It's the same arrangement, but they are in the wrong place. Am I making sense? Okay? In addition to that, how many of you know that if you come to my office right now, my table is arranged in a particular way? My things are put in a certain way. Now, to somebody coming from outside, my table is disorganized. Am I right? But me, that arranged, that knows and is habitual, I know exactly where everything is. That when you come to my table and you organize it for me, you actually create more problems for me. It means to be in order now, okay? It's not everything is there. Now notice what happens. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. We've said that already. But notice in verse 3, the Bible says the Spirit of God all the land. This is the power of God, the might of God. Yet he had to wait. He could not do anything until God spoke. You see, this is the problem. And I don't know about you, but this is my personal problem. You can be as anointed as possible, but you can be ineffective. Because anointing, organization are two different things. How many of 
of you know um, Rema College, South Africa. One of the he went to Rema. I mean, he found out he was called by God. He was a, he was a he was a was a weightlifter like uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger. He got saved, went to Rema, America, met Kenneth Hagin, was anointed, called into office, went back to South Africa, started the first Rema church in South Africa. Fantastic guy, heavily anointed. This is Ray Macaulay. Ray Macaulay said he would get to a wedding like this. And the bride and the groom would be there. And they, they do weddings differently from Nigeria. They normally do their weddings and their reception in the same place. You, it's only in Nigeria that we rent one hall and we rent another hall. God bless us for that waste of money. I don't mind because it pays me. But this is what happened. Ray Macaulay will be sitting down in, front of, in the middle of a service. And all of a sudden, the anointing will come, will come upon him. You know what he will do? He will say to the bride, take it. And to the groom, take it. And the bride will fly off from where she is and fall into the soup. And the groom will fall into the cake. And people who came gingerly to do wedding in their Sunday best will be falling under the power, coming up with death and everything. What? That was stupidity. That's completely out of order. Am I making sense? A wedding ceremony is a wedding ceremony, an anointing service is an anointing service. You see, so just because you are anointed doesn't make you effective. Am I making sense? For you to be effective, you have to apply your anointing in the right place at the right time. How many of you know? That NEPA, when, when, when NEPA starts to transmit, they transmit electricity on these huge uh, pylons that send in electricity. But when it gets into your place, it goes into a transformer. Am I right? To step it down. As a matter of fact, it steps it up, not down. Most of you don't know that. Because electricity is cheaper for you to transmit electricity at a lower voltage. Than to transmit it at a higher voltage. This is just physics. We did this in school. So it actually steps it up. But when you get into your house, NEPA comes into your meter. Am I right? But it goes to what is called a circuit breaker. Am I right? And that circuit breaker distributes the electricity so that the right electricity goes to this bulb and the right electricity goes to the air conditioner because the air conditioner and the bulb do not use the same current or the same voltage. Am I making sense? Are you here? Okay, they use the same voltage but they don't use the same current. Am I making sense? That's what organization does. It takes the anointing and distributes it. And the reason why we are not effective is simply because we have not seen the importance of being structured. We've not seen the importance of organizing ourselves. That's why I tell people all the time, whenever you come to a service, one of the most important questions you need to ask yourself, especially when you are the leader of that service or the leader of that meeting, is God, what do you want to do in this service? Am I making sense? What do you want to impact? What do you want to accomplish? Because if you want to heal the sick, it's a different kind of atmosphere. It's a different kind of move. Am I making sense? If you want to teach, it's a different set of... Am I making sense? Every time you want to do a project, that's why we took our time and did project management to explain to people that the first question you need to ask yourself for whatever you want to do is what do I want to accomplish? Because when you know what you want to accomplish, then you know how are the things you need to put in place. All right? 
But if you remove that circuit breaker from the house, guess what will happen when Napa hits it? This TV will explode. The air conditioners will blow up. The bulb, even ordinary speakers in church. You look at the speakers and um, um, Shenwu can confirm it. Inside this speaker you're looking at is a tweeter at the top. This one up there is called a tweeter for those of you who don't know. The one at the bottom is a, is a, is a cone. It's, a, it's a more of a bass cone than anything else. Do you know that the, the, the amplifier distributes different frequencies it distributes the, the, the sound that's going into the speaker but the speaker itself has a distribution box at the back that allows only a certain level of current to go to the tweeters and more current going to the big woofers I'm saying human beings understand this but Christians don't everything is the anointing and we've been so anointed that we are the only nation in the world that has had a revival and no impact. Am I right? We are the only nation. Korea had a revival. They felt it in the economy. America had a revival. England had a revival. Every other country has had a revival except ours. Because we just think everything is the anointing. Oh, you're broke. Huh? Come, come, come. You're broke. You're now rich. The idiot just fell down and came out as an anointed idiot. Give him all the money in the world. He's not going to correct what is wrong in his life. I, I don't know. Am I going too far? It doesn't work. It doesn't work. You can see people. I mean, there was a guy many years ago in my church. This guy gave us a million naira towards the building, buying of the property. The guy was a successful businessman. And every time he would come to me, I would tell him, oh boy, diversify your investments in our pastor, don't worry. So I said, you know what you're going to do? God gave you all these contracts last year. You made almost 10, 20 million naira. I said, but let me tell you what you're going to do next year. You're going to go back to camp during Congress or something. I'm going to tell God, God, you gave me 20 million last year. Give me another 20 million. They said, God is not going to give you. He's going to ask you, what did you do with 20 million I gave you last year? You bought a car. You gave church 1 million. You did this. You didn't even build a house for your family. You didn't even invest it. I said, oh boy, something's coming. It was as if I knew what was going to happen. Within three months, the guy was, mo we had to start giving him money in church. sustaining the family. This was a guy who made so much money. Put the stabilizer back now. Damn, my friend, don't do two things twice. I mean, it doesn't work. Put the stab back. It doesn't work. We'll pray for it, please. A few months later, God started opening up doors. A few days ago, I saw him. He took me to his house. He said, Pastor, I built the house. I built the house. I bought equipment. I invested. Just because God gives you an opportunity now. And this is what has been wrong with us in Christianity. We pray and ask God for a breakthrough. He gives us a breakthrough. But we are not structured. It's like winning the lottery. 
You didn't know how to manage your finances before you won the lottery. You had no idea about investment. You didn't understand savings or investment. Suddenly you won one million naira. I guarantee you, in less than three months, you would have blown that one million. You buy a beautiful car, you will do all sorts of, you move your family from uh, Isalebado to, to, to where, where's the Koyo of Ibado? Bodija. Then you just move here and then you find out, wait a minute, I'm already next year. Because you didn't understand the principles, the principles and the structure, the organization. Am I making sense? But I want you to see the process God did. Please, this is so important. I wish this was working. <laughs> Oh, you see the process God. As soon as you, there was confusion, as soon as there was disorder, as soon as there was anything wrong, you know what God first said to him? He said, number one, turn on the light. He said, let there be. In other words, stop walking, stop pretending, stop borrowing, stop struggling. Open your eyes. What is, what is wrong? Look at the mess. Get illuminated. In other words, get knowledge. Whatever crisis you are going through right now, the first thing you need to get is knowledge. Ladies and gentlemen, Einstein said, you cannot solve the problem you are going through today with the knowledge of yesterday. You cannot solve a problem at the same level of knowledge at which it was created. If you have a marriage problem, you need to get more knowledge about marriage. If you have financial problems, you need to get more knowledge about finance. If you have relationship problems, get more knowledge about relationship. We want to solve today's problems with yesterday's knowledge. Says, look at the mess. Open it up. Put on the light. Admit to yourself, oh boy, I don't fail. I made a mistake. I don't know how to handle this. This is in the wrong place. This should have been here. I should have been here by now. I should have been there by now. This is where my life should have been. I should have graduated from university by now. I'm still in university. I'm married. I'm not married. I should have been married by now. Am I making sense? You sit down and evaluate where you are. And he says, next thing he does in verse 6. Look at what he does. He moves everything to the right place. He tells the firmament, go back. You go back. In other words, begin to put things back where they are supposed to be. Most of us, the reason why we are suffering now is that there are certain things we are supposed to be doing that we didn't do. Now start doing it. Am I making sense? Start to put your life back in order. Start to put the things. It doesn't matter how long you've gone. This is why God is the God of a second chance. Let me tell you something. And, and, and this is not somebody told me. I've been doing this job for over 20 something years. I have learned something about God. He will not bless a faulty foundation. There's money I accumulated through foreign exchange and through import license until we lost everything and started from scratch. Nothing could be built on it. You don't have to take my word for it. You cannot build. God will not build on the fall. You can't say, I stole this money. God, forgive me. Let the blood cleanse it. And then, start to build. He will remove it. I'm sorry. There was a time I had to come here. I had some air conditioner from Jesus. But when they had to come here, I tell them, remove it. You cannot build on a faulty foundation. He will not. 
He won't. Don't misunderstand me. It's not as if he's going to put you through a loss. He will give you a way of escape. Don't misunderstand me. Please don't start getting scared now. He will give you a way of escape. He will show you how to change it. Am I making sense? Sometimes changing it is admitting that you stole it. I don't know if you get the point that I'm making. It's admitting that you stole it. Like uh, Zacchaeus. Maybe uh, restoration. I don't know. It, it, it differs for different people. Restitution. I, I stole that thing from you, but this is my way of saying I'm sorry. And you can still keep it. It now becomes holy. It doesn't become holy by bleeding the blood. Am I making sense? He doesn't. So he puts the things in the right place. People are in wrong position because of their finances or in wrong fellowships or even in the wrong offices. Light enables you to put things in the right place. And most of us don't. When it was organized, God said it was good. In other words, ladies and gentlemen, organization is what? Look, I'm going to be as frank as I can with you. There is a limit to how much you will grow without organization. There is a limit to how much your finances will grow. How many of you know that when you still, when you were still dealing with a hundred thousand naira in your pocket, you know when you were trading with a hundred thousand or fifty thousand in your pocket, you could calculate it from your pocket. Then so you can spend it, put it back to it's twenty thousand. But when your transactions begin to get to one million, two million, you know it's time to change. Am I making sense? Why? Then if you want to handle more things, you need to be better organized. So in other words. How organized you are determines how big you grow. You started business out, you had two customers. They call you, you run. Suddenly you get 10. What if all the 10 call you at the same time? Then you need a diary. Am I right? Okay, at 2 o'clock I'll be with so so and so. At 10 I'll be with you. At 3, what are you doing? You are organizing. For what? For the breakthrough that is coming into your life. But most of us still today don't even see the need to organize our lives. We get up in the morning and have no agenda. And so the devil creates it for us. The other one is jobless today. Let us give them a flat tire. Let's struggle. They let some useless uh, visitors come and see them. Because he has no plans for the day. Let's use it for him. But the person that is organized knows that, oh boy, I got to be in the office. Even if you have a flat tire, what will you do? You will call your mechanic or whoever. Come and fix it. I'm going to wear office to do something. Because I have what? A plan. I'm following. But I want you to notice something, ladies and gentlemen. Man is the apex of God's creation. Yet God didn't put man on the earth until he organized the earth. God didn't put man on earth until he organized the earth. So what, ladies and gentlemen, the only way we can be free get the fullness of God's blessing is to put some sort of order in our lives. Am I making sense? Alright? You know, let me say this. And this is very interesting. I tell people all the time that if, if all you have in your wardrobe uh, is white shirt and black trousers like most choirs. Let's say that's all you have in your wardrobe. 
All your shirts are white. You have seven shirts. Seven trousers that are black. Would you be confused about what to wear tomorrow? But if you had green, blue, yellow, pink, ladies and gentlemen, confusion is a sign that you have choices. And most of us think confusion is a bad thing. confusion sometimes leads to misunderstanding. I, you know, when we, we just moved house, when we moved house, what, I've been taught to move like this. You put everything you want to move into smaller containers and label them. This is going to the master bedroom, this is going to this. So that's what we did. We put everything in the, in the carton move them. So when the truck came, it carried the things to the appropriate room. But unfortunately for the cattle, I don't know what is in the cattle. But I know that this cattle is for this room. I don't know if you get the one I'm making. So I don't know which cattle has my shirts. I don't know which cattle has my trousers. When I'm going to church on Sunday, it is whatever I find. <laughs> I don't know if you get the one I'm making that I will wear. So there was no confusion last Sunday about what to wear. It was obvious. There was one brown shirt, there was a brown jacket, and brown trousers. Oh yeah, oh. Boom, 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 boom. Put it on. You and I must understand that confusion is an indication that choices are available to you. It means everything you need is there. You need to make the right choice. For you to make the right choice, you need to be enlightened. You need to get knowledge. That the solution to confusion is knowledge. If I have 10 outfits, or 10 different colors, and I'm going to a funeral. Huh? I'm going for a funeral service. Do you think it would be appropriate if I wore a red shirt with a red tie? Am I making sense? It becomes inappropriate because I mean, I would, that would, the, the dead might even rise to come and slap me in the face. So, you see what enlightenment does? I'm going for a funeral, so I can't wear a red shirt and a red tie. If I was going for a naming ceremony, maybe I can get away with it or with a wedding. So I know that, okay, red is out of it. If the person were 80 years old and everybody was rejoicing at their death, it may be wrong for me to wear black on black. Am I making sense? You see what enlightenment does? It helps you to make the right choice. That's how you deal with confusion, all right? that we saw in Genesis chapter 1 was not authored by God because the Bible says that God is not the author of confusion. The Bible says God is light. In him there is no darkness at all. You see, God is a God of order. He does everything in order. He's not the author of his God is light. In him there is no darkness. It means that everything we read from the beginning of that scripture means that Nothing that you saw there was done by God. That was the work of the enemy. You've all heard about the dinosaurs and the fact that the earth has been around for 5,000 or 10,000 or 100,000 years. Now, that's, that's, I mean, Bible people will tell us that between Genesis chapter 1, verse 1, and Genesis chapter 1, verse 2, that whole age, I don't want to go into that right now. But what I want to bring out of all this is it's not for everybody but for some of us the reason why we are struggling today 
It's not because we need more money or more anointing. It's not because we even need more opportunities. It's the fact that the one we already have, we are not organized to take full advantage of. And unfortunately for you and I, you know, when I was in the redeemed, they used to tell us 50 million souls for the redeemed. And I used to laugh at meetings. I was the, the most senior officer. And I would tell them, it's not possible. And they were like, are you anti the redeemed? I said, no. If God gave us 50 million souls, where would we put them? We're not organized for it. Do you get my point? You're not going to get what you don't organize for. You're not. You want your business to grow? Organize for it. You know, most of us, you know, most of us, I mean, people like Glory and even Tony here, most of your businesses revolve around you and your skill, your unique skill. But you will know that when it's time for you to have a branch in Ilori, and have a branch in Abuja, and have a branch in, you will know that it is time for you to do what? Develop other people. For you to develop other people requires some level of organization. Am I making sense? Because you will realize that, wait a minute, I can't be in Abuja fixing somebody's house, and somebody in Lagos is calling me, and somebody in Lagos, no, I have to find a place where I can train people, you know what I mean, and they can all come for instruction from me, and they can go and do exactly what I would have done in that place. That's organization. But that is also a reflection of the fact that more revenue is coming into your hands. I've been to offices when you get there, they will tell you, Organo Day. Jinka, I don't know whether it's your office or not. But I've been to offices when you get there, they say, Organ, Madam, no day. Ah, oh boy, Organo Day, sit down, wait for him. I brought business, I brought a suitcase full of money to do to say, Organo Day. I'll go and look for the one where Organ Day, or the one where we operate without Organ. your church to grow, then you need to get yourself organized. You know, somebody said, they said, resources are attracted to order. Resources are, you know, yesterday one of the most fascinating things happened. The guy who hosts a website in, Can in Canada, I was supposed to pay him in dollars, but every time I try to trans transfer dollars from my account to anybody's account in America, they I don't know what happened. Because of the Nigerian um, IP address, they shut down my account, or they shut down the person's account, thinking it's a 419. So they don't allow any transaction from me. I can be in Brazil or Ukraine. When I was in Ukraine, I had no problem transferring money, but the minute it is a Nigerian IP, they shut down. So I was supposed to pay him $100 for the website hosting in Canada. I couldn't. So I said, look, how are we going to do this? He said, okay, he will send one of his cousins, you know what I mean, to come and meet me Nigeria. I said, okay, I'll give him the equivalent in Naira because I can't kill myself over this dollar thing. I said, no problem. So the cousin came yesterday and guess who was sitting in, my, in the accounts office when he came? Uh, Habana came to pay his tithe. And Habana was so well dressed that the boy turned around to Habana and said, oh boy, I want to meet you. And he's not the entrepreneur and all and he came to my office and said he wanted to talk to me for five minutes. And then he said, ah, Pastor, can I quickly talk to that Habana guy? Because I just like the way the guy looks. The guy was looking so organized that he already attracted business. Do you get the point I'm making? Some of you are selling things. What you are selling is not even around you. <laughs> it's 
It's not even shown around you. You know, I'm a tailor and my outfit has holes. I'm an interior decorator, but if you get to my house, there is no interior in my house. Did you get my point? People are looking at you. Are you a reflection? Are you reflecting what you're selling? for us at the bridge network. We want the bridge network to grow, don't we? Yes. Are we organized for it? Do we have the people who will receive those? Even our follow-up will be nice. And my idea was so simple that our follow-up should be based on a simple concept. If a medical doctor comes to church for the first time, another medical doctor who works in the same hospital should follow him up. If a businessman comes to church, another businessman should follow him up. They can have common ground. Am I making sense? If a student should come to Jordan, another student in Alton University should follow him up. That's not even ready. Not even structured properly yet. So the problem is that all the people who have come and gone and we've not followed up and we've lost because we're not organized for it. Am I making sense? Are you organized for the harvest that you're praying for? You know, I've never seen a bunch of people like us. Yesterday I was, on Monday I was talking at a small meeting this is a meeting of, they were trying to encourage people to go into business. And I, I said, how many of you here can tell me the greatest challenge you face starting your own business? Of course, they were happy to stand up. They said, ah, working capital. And I knew, I knew it before you even open your mouth. I know. So I said to the guy, sir, working capital. I said, how much do you need? He said, 100,000. I said, okay, I will give you 100,000 to start your business if you will give me a business plan. And he was looking at me. He said he wrote one when he was in school 20 years ago or 10 years ago. I said, I said, I was so confident that you didn't have a business plan. See, because you say the reason why you can't start is because you have no capital. Yet if I ask you to give me a business plan, you can't produce one. Now, we do exactly the same thing with God. You say to God, I want a car. And yet you don't know the price of the car you want to buy. You say you want a house, but you don't even know which location you want. You don't know how much it's going to cost for the house to be built. You say you need money, but you don't even know how much you need. And so God is saying, show me your business plan so that I can bless it. How can you be praying for something and you don't have the facts about that thing? You want a wife. You have no idea of how women walk. You have no idea of what to expect. You don't even know. You want to marry. You've never read a book about marriage. What do you think marriage is that the minute you marry, they will teach you? Nobody teaches you. As a matter of fact, the minute you say, I do, you are on your own. No, no more lectures. The worst I would do is counseling. You come and spend one night in my house and you can make all the mistakes you like after the Abbey. Chief of staff. And if that's all I can give you one day, I'm married, I have my own challenges. Come and add your own to my own, God forbid. God, am I the one going to marry her? That's your problem, oh. Excuse me. You made your choice. You want to get married? Study marriage. You want a girlfriend? Study women. How do you know the difference between a good woman and a bad woman? Okay, how do you know the difference between a good man and a bad man? Let me not be too hard on the men tonight. 
You cannot catch any more fish than you're organized for. Huh? Are you here? Some of you don't like me tonight. One with the two Ashiri. No structure, no organization, no plans. We can't network. You cannot network until you are organized. Because your organizing helps you to know what is missing. And helps you to know what you need to network for. Wait a minute, if you are I'm into the I'm into the whole business. What I'm looking for now is a marketer. Am I making sense? Who attract people into? Now, if I go and network with another whole person who's looking for customers, what have I just done? So, because I'm organized to see where my weaknesses are, you don't get the I know where to network or who to network with. So, if you are not organized, how do you even know who to connect to? And don't forget, we team up on our weaknesses. We don't team up on our strengths. You are a fantastic, anointed man of God. You can preach, but your organization is zero. You go and look for an administrator and employ the person or call the person into your ministry and say, oh boy, help me organize people that are falling down under the anointing. So that we can have money to bring them back next week. So that they can fall down some more. Am I making sense? You see, we will have to organize our lives, our ministries, our family budget to organize, to, to attract God's blessing. However, greatest thing you and I need to learn tonight that the body of Christ is not an organization. It's an organism. But it is organized to be effective. What do I mean by a body? A body is organized. Most of you have what you call an excretory system. Huh? You have a feeding system. You have a hearing system. You have a seeing system. You have a smelling system. You have a mechanical system. So your body is organized in aspects and that's how the body of Christ is. It's an organism that is organized. You are an organism that needs to be organized. You're already organized by God, structurally, but you need to bring that organization into the things you do. The Bible says, do you see a man who wants to build a house but does not calculate the cost? And he will become one of those that they laugh at who started a project and didn't finish it. How long? How long? How long are we going to live like this? I, 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 I tell you what. Today, Facebook has over 250 million people. That's more than the population of Nigeria. It's an organized social network. Google, forget. They can't even count. Yahoo. But did you know that there was a particular, I can't remember the name of the organization, a Nigerian organization. They designed a website. And they had these fantastic products and everything. But never in their history did they expect the number of people that went to their website that day after they launched it. And the website crashed. And they've never recovered from it. Because nobody sat down to anticipate, you know what I mean? To plan for a 
expansion. You know what I mean? Is it something that we start a website and 100,000 people go on it? And all you paid for was one tiny little capacity. Even the people that are serving you will just yank you off. You and I need to organize for where we're going. We've lived so long without planning. Christians have been told not to plan. Yet I heard a philosophical statement many years ago from somebody. She says, plan as if there is no God. But act as if there is no plan. I think that's the greatest balance we can leave this auditorium with tonight. But for too long, we've never seen the importance of being organized. In our businesses, in our lives, do you know that we don't even plan holidays, Tom? Do you know that? Some of us don't even plan a day off. Yet most people will tell you that your body is designed to heal itself. Do you know that? Have you ever had a cut on your body? And a few hours later, it started covering up by itself, protecting you from germs, giving you a temporary cover until the skin underneath heals and when the skin underneath heals it automatically pushes away the, the cut but God has designed it in such a way that the only time your body heals itself at the most is when you are resting my question is do you have plans to rest? wake up to this responsibility tonight. We need to stop living in a disorganized manner. We won't attract resources. We won't attract the blessings of God. There will be nowhere to put it. Many years ago, I used to do a, a little demonstration in Jesus' embassy. I intend to do it in church one of these Sundays. About how the blessings of God for you are sometimes the size of this cup. Am I making sense? God wants to bless you with the blessings in this cup, but your container is this size. So no matter how he pours the blessing, you would always receive where your capacity is. But God wants us to grow. Am I making sense? So that we can get more and more of what God wants for us. Praise the Lord. Let's bow our heads. Let's talk to him tonight, seriously. The first place to start is ask him to turn on the light. In my life, in my business, in my ministry, in my family, in my marriage, turn on the light. Just turn on the light for me. Let me see the confusion in my life, the disorder in my life. Let me see the things that are missing, the things that are in the wrong place. Show me things that are missing in my life, just in the wrong place. And then Lord, help me to push and put the right things in the right place. Lord, turn on the light in my life, in my business, in my ministry. I need to see the things that are wrong, that I can correct them. 
Paul says, I pray, or pray that God will direct our way to you that we may perfect that which is lacking in your faith. You can ask God tonight, send those who will help me, those who will provide the things that are missing in my life. organization for my life for my business or my ministry for the things you've called me to I can prepare myself to be networked with those that matter you know the people we're going to meet once we begin to talk about networking some of you have been looking for money the people that you're going to meet will have more money than you can imagine to help you they will not have the conditions of banks or organizations. They will just be there to help you simply because you are organized and ready. And they'll say, oh, you're only looking for this. Take, 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 Jerry, if I don't trouble me. But we're not organized. We're not ready. Most of us today, if I say, what do you want? You can't answer. Somebody say, you say you want a wife. That's not what you want. Because you don't have a vision yet for your life. You don't need a wife if you don't know where you're going. If you don't even know where you're going, you don't even know what you need. Tell God today, you just want to turn on the light in your life. He said, let there be light. Then he says, move the things to the right place, the firmament to the right place, the waters to the right place. Things were put back in order. Tell him to put your life back in order to help you put it back in order to put the right things in the right place. Yeah. Uh-huh.